The rosy jobs report that came out Friday has two big thorns. Hello, I'm Steve Forbes, and this is What's Ahead, where you get the insights you need to better navigate these turbulent times. The Labor Department announced last week that a blockbuster number of new jobs were created in January. Even better, the number of jobs added in previous months were revised upwards. Average hourly earnings rose as well. Hooray! cheered a White House, worried by the President's miserable ratings for handling the economy. Unfortunately, there are two sharp thorns. One is that the number of hours worked were down. Employers have been accustomed to labor shortages for so long that they're reluctant to lay people off. So the amount of work is cut before the job will be cut. True, certain sectors like nursing and leisure and hospitality are still scrambling to fill vacancies. But in other areas, job seekers are noting they're having to send out more resumes and employer response times are lengthening. Jobs offers from employers are at the lowest level since 2014. These are signs of future trouble. What is powering the economy is a consumer boom made possible by the obscene levels of government spending triggered by the pandemic. That's not a sound foundation for solid growth. Just ask Argentina. This brings us to the second inconvenient thorn, the disturbing lack of job creation by the private sector, most particularly smaller businesses, over the past year. That monthly jobs report is actually made up of two surveys, one of businesses and government agencies, which is called the Establishment Survey, and the other of individuals, which is named the Household Survey. The headline number reported each month is derived from the Establishment Survey. The jobs results of the household survey is brushed aside, but is often a better barometer of what's happening with startups and smaller enterprises. Over time, the discrepancy in the jobs reported usually shrink, but something weird happened last year. The number of jobs in the household survey only increased by about one million, less than half of the establishment survey. This reflects a disturbing fact. Smaller businesses are not getting the credit they need to finance inventories and buy new equipment. Commercial industrial loans, C&I loans, by banks declined by $35 billion last year. Former World Bank President David Malpass points out that given inflation and other factors in the economy, that number should have increased by $170 billion. Again, government spending is a flimsy foundation for the economy. The immediate villains for this situation are the Federal Reserve and the Treasury Department. Both have engaged in massive short-term borrowing that effectively soaks up money that could be employed productively by the private sector. The Fed should be sharply reducing the size of its portfolio and cutting the interest rate it pays on bank reserves, now 5.4%. Simultaneously, the Fed should announce that the focus of monetary policy henceforth will be a stable dollar. Finally, our central bank and other regulators should not slam the banking sector with higher reserve requirements. By definition, more reserves mean less lending. I'm Steve Forbes. Thanks for listening. Do send in your comments and suggestions. I look forward to being with you soon again. Oh.